0: good morning and welcome to the beekeeping at five apple farm podcast this is lee this is episode 15 and as i promised i just want to read you um, an article that i found online and it is from bee culture magazine by larry connor who is a master queen breeder and also author of many books and textbooks on beekeeping and this was just a, a pretty straightforward helpful um, article just on requeening overall so this is an edition of uh, (laughs) bee radio reader i guess and again bee culture magazine www.beeculture.com larry connor requeening the date on this article is april 20th 2017 requeening in nature in nature queen replacement is a family event When a queen is being replaced, the worker bees recognize the new queen as the daughter of their mother, in other words, the queen is a sister, sharing half of her genetic makeup with the workers. A portion of the workers are full sisters, often called super sisters of the queen, because they also share the same father. They are more closely related than the workers that have different fathers. The three methods of queen replacement, supersedure, swarming, and emergency replacement, use sisters as new queens. While the mechanism or motivation of queen replacement vary with these methods, the result in nature is the same. The new queen is genetically related to the workers. Queen Detection This all links to the worker's detection of a new queen and how they respond to her. Workers respond to their sister queen from the time the queen is deposited in a queen cup, making it a queen cell, and at every stage of the queen's development. Here's a step-by-step summary of this activity. Egg in queen cup. Since the egg in the cell is apparently the same as the egg in a worker cell, we conclude that the queen factor's attracting bees and causing feeding behavior is triggered by the size, shape, and position of the queen cup. Larva in queen cell. Once the egg hatches, the bees feed her a diet of royal jelly. Wait a minute, during the first 48 to 50 hours of a worker and drone bee's life, they're also fed royal jelly. Thus, the food must not be the initial trigger for queen recognition. It must be the size, shape, and position of the queen cup, the same as the egg. There's strong evidence that the queen larva receives more food during the first two days of feeding than the worker. Side note here, in the earlier article that I read from Sue Kobe several episodes ago, I believe it was that the queen larva receives 1,600 feeding visits compared to something like 400 for the worker. Okay, back to the article. She is also living in a cell that is built into a queen cell. The trigger is there to develop this sister into a queen. As the cell grows, the worker bees respect it the cell inserts or hangs in the sacred bee space, and if it were anything else, it would be torn down, retrofitted, or covered with wax and propolis. As the queen prepupa, the last stage of larval development, and the pupa mature, the bees start to detect small amounts of queen pheromone or queen substance. There's often competition between developing queen cells, especially in emergency response queen cells a colony may start many queen cells but will eventually trim or destroy the number to a dozen or more queen cells possible explanations for elimination of these developing larva cells or i'm sorry developing cells include genetically defective queen larva or pupa lack of relatedness to the majority of the worker bees poor feeding or a bad location on the comb Few beekeepers can predict which cells the bees will destroy and which they will continue with development. Random luck or the lack of it may be a larger factor than we realize. Developing queens cannot go back to being worker bees once the process begins. Mature queen cells, a term we use to describe cells within 24 hours of emergence, are very attractive to worker bees. Sometimes they remove the wax covering of the tip of the cell and expose the silk cocoon underneath. It is thought that the workers are making close contact or inspection of the queen's pheromone production. So even before a queen emerges, emerges, the pupa produces a simple queen pheromone signature that workers use to recognize the cell and later on the newly emerged queen newly emerged queen i enjoy watching queens emerge from their cells they often crawl out of the cell and walk to an open cell of honey and take a long drink or they will be fed by worker bees they are clearly recognized as a queen but as a at a lower level than when she is a year old young queens immediately start searching the hive for their same age sister queens and queen cells in order to kill them 12 hour old queen. Queens seem to experience an increase in pheromone production once they hit the first half day of their life. From this point on, the queen must be handled as a queen and provided with a proper delay in introduction. We will discuss this below. Newly mated queen. After successful mating, queens produced egg-laying hormones that correlate with an increase in the production of new queen pheromones these additional chemicals continue to be added as the queen ages year old queen at the one year old mark queens seem to be at their peak queen pheromone production level this correlates with their period of maximum output as a queen laying one to two thousand eggs per day during the peak season i just want a tiny side note here this is why i think queens that, that we make in the summertime for our own hives um the, they peak they're peaking the next year at the at the best flow. So that's probably one good reason why these young queens raised in the summer do so well versus perhaps the queens raised in places away from where you are because they're gonna be on an earlier timetable. Okay, sorry, that was a side note. I'm 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 gonna try to avoid that. <laughs> okay, back to the article. Failing queens. Along with a reduction in an egg laying rate failing queens, regardless of age, appear to experience a reduction or change in their queen pheromone production. I suspect the two are related, as anytime we see a colony with about half the brood of the surrounding colonies, we will often see or will see developing supersedure cells. What this means to the beekeeper Unrelated stocks are harder to requeen, while genetically related stocks are easier to requeen. Unrelated bee stocks will experience a lower queen introduction rate, lower longevity of the queens, as seen in early supersedure, and other problems. When I ran the Starline program in the 1970s, one of the inbred lines, the F-line, was of carniolan origin while the other three inbred lines used in this four-way hybrid were developed from Italian colonies. When we raised drones from the F line, we had to introduce new queens into colonies that carried that F line in their pedigree, otherwise we experienced poor queen acceptance and early queen replacement. Today we've heard stories about beekeepers experiencing difficulty Introducing certain queen lines into their hives or nuclei, one that receives a great deal of attention is the Russian strain released by the USDA and maintained by a bee breeder cooperative. Time Regardless of the age of the queen, take your time during queen introduction. For same-race bees, you can easily use a 3-5 to day delay in the introduction process while for different race queens you should use a five to seven day delay before the new queen is allowed to emerge from the queen cage. This often means you as beekeeper need to make a return visit to remove the cork or plug from the candy end of the queen cage. Young Workers As you set up colonies for queen introduction, make sure they are filled with emerging worker bees so the new queen has a large number of, quote, naive workers, those that have never been adult bees in the presence of another queen, to care for the new queen and help her grow the colony. This is especially true when you are building nuclei or increased colonies. Use the Doolittle method or another method to ensure that you have plenty of young bees in your new colony. And just a reminder, the Doolittle method is uh, where you take frames from the brood nest of a a donor colony. You shake the bees back into the same donor colony. You place those frames of a young brood above a queen excluder on top of that same donor colony. And overnight or over several hours, the young bees migrate up through the queen excluder into that, that box and cover those frames. And the next morning what you can do is you can set that box off and have a whole box that doesn't have drones in it, which is good, less mouths to feed, doesn't have the queen in it, and because you've set it away from the original hive, you only retain the young nurse bees because the, any older bees in that box will fly back to the hive. And that Doolittle box is a super easy box to uh, then requeen um, uh, and start a new colony. Back to the article. Incoming food. Make sure the colonies being requeened or packages with a new queen being released are well fed and are receiving supplemental sugar syrup to increase the acceptability of the queen. Why is this important? We know that bees share a community stomach sharing food with one another. During this feeding process they also share the odor of the queen. When you put a new queen into a cage and leave her between two frames of brood do not expect all the worker bees to walk over to the queen cage and give their allotment of queen and get their allotment of queen pheromone the bees use a smaller number of worker bees to serve as the queen's retinue or attendants and the identity of these bees continually changes after a worker has fed or groomed the queen she will walk out onto the comb and spread the odor of the queen not unlike the human who has been exposed to a high level of radiation and exposes other as he walks away from the location of the exposure. Queen pheromones are not radioactive, thankfully, but the impact on the colony is highly significant to colony success and queen acceptance. The presence of a jar, canned, feeder of syrup will greatly increase queen introduction success. Yes, even during a nectar flow. This is why it's so hard to introduce queens during a dearth, a period where there's no food for the bees to gather. Most experts recommend that you not introduce queens during a dearth, and if you must, feed the colonies starting a week in advance so they are strong and well-fed. More importantly, they are sharing food and will quickly share the new queen's pheromone. Why queens in package colonies often fail. If you must purchase packaged bees, and this is often the only option for new beekeepers, keep in mind a few facts about the queen in the package you purchase. The queen is not related to the bees. This is not the mother of the bees. At best, she's been a queen of a small mating nucleus for a matter of a few days before she was removed and added to a 2-4 to pound box of bees shaken from colonies located miles away. The queen is young, has not developed her full set of pheromones. She's produced a few hundred to a few thousand eggs before she was picked out of a mating nucleus and sent to you. The queen introduction cage has a candy plug that may be removed to liberate the queen. Keep the candy plug or cork in place for three to five days after you set up the colony. This allows the bees time to spread her pheromone through the colony. Yes, I know the colony is small. Delay her release. Feed the colony. As we've just discussed, feeding increases the pheromone communication between the queen and her new bees. Why Purchased Queens Often Fail Many beekeepers use queen cells, virgin queens, and mated queens with tremendous success between 95 and and 99% acceptance. At other times, beekeepers experience a very low acceptance rate. Here are a few factors that may contribute to queen introduction failure. The queen may be very different from the bees in the hive, and, and they may be difficult to requeen. Increase the time the queen is in the cage and make sure the colony is well fed during the week requeening process. The queen has been in transit, either in a queen cage with a few workers or in a battery box with a larger number of bees. When a queen is surrounded by four to six worker bees, she is not being well fed because the workers are not being well fed. The cage probably has a small amount of queen candy, sugar, and water, and is designed to keep the bees alive. Once you receive your queens, give them all the honey they can consume, in small amounts, not a bath, and water. These bees are dehydrated. Queens in transit are sometimes subjected to hot, dry conditions and will never recover. This is a risk of shipping queens off-season queens are often stored and then removed from queen banks and have lost a great deal of weight their ovaries are shrunken and they are not producing much pheromone feed and hold a full week before releasing and at the end of the article um, there's a recommendation to read more about queen handling and requeening in the following publications flottam the backyard beekeeper third edition connor Queen Rearing Essentials 2nd edition and Connor Increase Essentials 2nd Edition using the Doolittle Concept and Chapter 9 Queen Care. Dr. Connor is the article of the is the author of the article I just read to you. And um, this article, which was from 2017, says he's still teaching queen rearing classes. And to check it out on www.wikwas.com, That's w i c w-a-s dot com w-i-c-w-a-s dot com and there are a lot of articles good articles on that website uh so i just this is completing reading the article requeening by larry connor from b culture magazine this article if you're interested is available online and the date on it was april 20th 2017 so uh i, I had read this earlier and when I went to find it again for today, I just searched for Larry Connor requeening, and then I threw in PDF, and it came, it came right up. So thanks for this little bonus edition, kind of a radio reader edition of just uh, so that you can get a bee article without having to um, <laughs> sit down and read one. I want to say uh, thanks, especially to Chris in England, who brought my attention uh, to, I've mentioned Michael Bush and Bush Bees several times on the podcast, and it turns out that there is an Australian uh, company, Bush Bees, which is different than Michael Bush, who is in... um, i think north dakota or south dakota of the u.s so i corrected that thank you chris and put the link to the website that i was referring to in um, episode 13 and it's in the show notes thanks and have a wonderful week with your bees as always i appreciate every comment that you put on the facebook page the emails you send I am overdue on responding to some of the emails and messages and uh, please don't give up. I may be slow, but I'm steady (laughs) and I I really enjoy hearing from you. So if you write or uh, send a message, please tell me where you keep bees and how it's all going and especially anything you might like to hear on this uh, podcast. Have a wonderful week.